Hello, welcome to episode number 233 of the AppLog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by BetterHelp.com. Get affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere. You can talk with a licensed professional therapist online by going to BetterHelp.com slash Start your free seven-day trial by entering that word, AppLog, when you check out BetterHelp.com slash Thanks, everybody, for shopping on Amazon, supporting the show on Amazon. You, too, can be a supporter of the show by shopping on Amazon by going to appalog.ca slash Amazon or appalog.ca slash US Amazon. You can do it the old-fashioned way, too, by going to appalog.ca. Click on those banners located on the right side, and every time you shop on Amazon, you will be supporting the show just by shopping on Amazon. And Amazon is a wonderful, wonderful place to go buy stuff. Okay? So don't forget that. Don't forget to put that in your brain when you go shopping on Amazon. Because everybody's doing it. Everybody's shopping on Amazon. Thanks, everybody, for supporting me on Patreon. My patrons. My patrons. I hate when people say that. It's my. My stuff. My staff. My this. My that. I don't like it. Anyways, thanks everybody for supporting me on Patreon. You too can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go buy a t-shirt by going to applog.ca slash shop. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today I have Miguel from the band Teenage Bottle Rocket. It's my second Teenage Bottle Rocket episode in about four or five weeks. And Miguel uh, came on the show to talk to me about not only about this world tour they're doing, but Stay Rad, which is the new album that's out on Fat Records. Also, you can catch them at Montebello's Rock Fest. And it's happening this weekend coming up, June 14th, 15th. Go out to Montebello and go support that awesome festival. So without further ado, here is Miguel on the Apple Out Podcast. This is the the second Teenage Bottle Rocket interview in, I think, five weeks, four weeks. Awesome, man. You guys are getting lots of press up here in the Canadians' areas. Love it, man. So so you guys uh, you guys are heading up this way, right, to do Montebello? We are. We, uh, we start tour up there. God, it's Thursday or Friday. Like first show's Quebec City, second show's Montebello Rock. And then then we're headed your way. You come to Toronto. We are. Oh yeah, I'm out of town. I'm actually I'm gonna miss it because I'm actually out of town on a little mini tour with another band too. So uh I'm gonna miss that unfortunately. But uh so uh but so you guys you don't you just fly up here and do the shows and then fly home, right? You're like civilized people? Oh we actually We've actually got, like, uh, I think it's like a week or 10 days of touring kind of wrapped around this. So mm-hmm. our uh, our roadie drives up there with all our gear from Wyoming and and the rest of us fly in because we're, we're all spread out. 
So, uh, you know, the band's from Wyoming, but Ray's the only one who still lives there. So I'm, I'm in Dallas, Texas, and Cody's in Denver, Colorado, and our drummer, yeah, Darren, you know, he's, he's up in Edmonton. So we all get to fly. JD has to drive. It sucks for him. It's the way of the world now with having bands. Like you can have a band that's sort of all over the place. And I guess we are in a better, more communicative world where we can speak on the internet and work on music. And you can do all stuff like that now where maybe 20 years ago, that wasn't really, really doable, right? Oh, absolutely. It's way, way easier now for everyone except for JD. Yeah, he gets the short end of the stick. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but I mean it is like touring is a necessity with a punk rock band, right? Like you it's something you got to do. You can't I don't know. I mean, it seems like that's the only thing that really hung on over the past 20 years of you just got to tour. If you want to be successful, you have to tour. Absolutely absolutely, man. Like it's kind of you know, it's definitely like our bread and butter. That's where we like kind of like earn our our living or whatever but it's also like the fun part so yeah it works out playing yeah. shows is fun yeah it's still fun right totally is it sort of the mantra of the band like if it stops being fun you're not going to do it anymore or is it are you gonna be one of those like angry bitter like you know guys that's like ah oh, god damn it gotta go make some money Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so man we you know, we always say, if you're not having fun, you're not having fun. <laughs> That's true. It is true. Yeah. I, you know, I really appreciate bands that tour because, you know, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm a, you know, I have a, I sort of, there's a time in one's life, my life, where it's sort of like, I have to concentrate on being an adult and having a career. And and these are things like priorities got in the way with with my life and the band sort of like I played in sort of started, just started like, you know, it didn't become as important anymore. And, you know, I always appreciate bands that stick it out, you know, because, you know, it takes a lot of heart to do stuff like that. Yeah. I tell you, we definitely had to like adjust and shift around. Like, you know, back in the day we used to tour like months at a time or do like 200 something shows a year. And now like, you know, we tour every month, but it's only for like 10 days. And then we go home for a couple of weeks and, and repeat, you know, like it's a little more, uh, ground, you, you know, like, like you said, you have to find your, your home life and that kind of thing. It's just, it's a juggling act. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And you guys seem to, yeah, doing it on, like on 10 days off, I guess the rest of the month is, uh, that's sort of like, that's a that's a good way to do it because you know you're you're a new dad right like you and Ray both are parents uh, like newer parents yeah so, so it's tough to it's tough to leave your little one behind and it's tough to you know leave all the responsibilities of being a parent because it's you know there's you know it, it it's a tough it's a job you know and and to have to like, get in the van and leave there's some sort of like version of being a musician that sort of there is a selfishness involved, you know, like where you're like, well, it's, you know, when you're doing it for what's called the love or whatever, you know, like there's sort of like become sort of a blind, I'm going to, 
I got to do this because I got, you know, and then you guys, you guys have sort of trends, you know, you've gotten a little higher by that because you can just sort of stay home, do what you got to do, enjoy life. That's good. Yeah, man. We're, I'm definitely uh, very grateful constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Is there anywhere you guys, home, yeah. Is there anywhere yeah, you, you guys want to tour that you haven't toured yet? I want to play in Antarctica just, just so we can say we played all seven continents. Like, I'm sure it would not be a good show, probably, but, <laughs> like, just, like, there's this little part of me that's like, man, we have been everywhere except Antarctica. <laughs> Where's the club? Like, what, what's what's the venue called? Is it in Maximum Rock and Roll? Is it in Book Your Own Life? Like, uh, can you find a venue? Someone's basement? I have, I have absolutely no idea. Like, as far as I know, the only band who's played Antarctica is Metallica. And, uh, like, they're Metallica, so. That makes sense. Yeah. They're big, burly men. Like, they could, they could get that, you know, get everything on that toboggan and sort of pull it halfway across the world and then uh, <laughs> to the ice wall and and set up and, and then rock out. Yeah, Metallica, I mean, yeah, but... Uh, is you know Metallica doesn't count in my books playing like because that's just too easy for Metallica because I bet you they sort of helicoptered in like for you guys to play Antarctica would be like it'd be like me trying to go to like the Congo or something like some like deepest darkest Africa to say uh, I gotta go um, buy some shoes there or something you know it's it, it's impossible you know you'd never make it there I wouldn't so um no, but I mean, you guys like you guys have toured everywhere all the time. Is there any? Do you have any sort of? Do you have any preferences? Like, like because a lot of people say, "Oh, Japan's better and Europe's better," and like, what? What? Where's like the greatest? The greatest crowds? That's funny. You say Japan right off that. Um, love, love, love Japan. Love South America, man. Like Argentina is insane, but you know, like. If it wasn't for like the U.S. and Canada and Europe, like no one in Japan or South America probably would have shit about us. So, yeah. I, yeah so I'm, in a round, I'm a little grateful for all of it, yeah. except for like Louisiana and Alabama. But. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I, it's yeah. It, it. I used to. I used to tour with bands too, and I remember being in like South Florida. And um, we were on tour. I was I used to be the sound guy for Good Riddance in the early 2000s. And uh, we are like somewhere in Florida playing with Strike Anywhere. And all these white power dudes showed up. And it was like, it just was not, it was scary. You know, it was frightening because they were like, where's the little guy in that Strike Anywhere band? We're like, holy shit. So we're like <laughs> hiding him as well as worried about, are we going to get murdered? Are they going to kill everybody? So we asked them to leave. They ended up leaving. And then we... um we uh we played the show and we found out that those guys went down the road and beat up somebody you know so they had to do something you know yeah yeah i remember propaganda saying they were trying to beat up thomas yeah yeah i know because he has such a little dick i know where's that little guy and strike anywhere with the dreads where's that guy (laughs) Uh, nicest guy ever too right totally nice why would anyone want to beat him up well i know because well because you know whatever he doesn't have the he's not white power that's why that's why maybe that's yeah. why that's why yeah 
<laughs> <You know? laughs> God love him. And um, you guys got very, you must have had some scary situations where it's like, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to come to this place ever again. Oh man, we like just like a month ago, we were in South Africa, and uh, this guy like stole, like pickpocketed Darren and took his phone. We got like ten steps away, and we were like, "There's like my phone's gone, my phone's gone," and we knew who'd done it. So we like turned around, and we were like, "Hey, we know you've got the phone. Give it back." And and he's like, "What do you say?" And we're like, "Just give us back the phone, man." And he, I believe his exact words were, "I'll slice your fucking face." <laughs> and so we were like, "Ah, just keep the phone later." <laughs> like. <what? laughs> I think Darren told us that story because they were up here. They played in my living room on a live stream, and he had so many crazy stories. And, and the funny thing was is the other guys in his band were like, if there's something exciting happened, it wasn't in this band. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, old wives are pretty like, let's play a show in Canada and yeah. drink ourselves to sleep. Yeah, no, they're, oh my God. They were so much fun, though, because um, it was... It's, that's that's a family band, you know what I mean? Like they're all you could tell they were just they're just you know just a bunch of family people. Just yeah, let's let's go play shows, you know. And uh, I mentioned oh, yeah. I mentioned that to Ray. I was funny in the last episode when Ray was on the episode, and I go, hey, yeah, yeah, Darren, uh, Darren was Darren from Old Wives. He's coming up to my place to play. She goes, hey, nobody gives a shit about them. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. But I knew he was being facetious, but it was very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those poor guys. They're so sweet. <laughs> and they're pretty good band. <laughs> they're great band. No, they're great. They play well. Uh, they're fun. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are, are you, yeah, so Montebello. And Montebello's downsized. I don't know if you know about that. It's it's a it's a little bit smaller this year than it was the year before in the previous years. I, I, I've noticed. I've noticed that this year, like, the headliner is, like, MXPX or something like that. Yeah, it went back to, like, 10 years ago. Like, it really did. It, it actually, he pulled back yeah. to, Alex pulled back to his roots, which is, I think, a good idea. Right. Last time we played that, the headliner was, like, fucking Megadeth <laughs> or something like that. You know? Yeah. I was there with Good Riddance in 2012 or something, and it was like Corn were the headliners, and uh, wow. we were all drinking. And Bad Religion played, so it was Bad Religion. Well, no, maybe I'm thinking I'm got that confused because I was there with also with with the Descendants, um, 2010. But when Corn played, they wouldn't let anybody on the stage, and I'm going, "Come on, man! I fucking love Corn. I love Cream Corn. I love it on the cob." <laughs> I love it everywhere. And the guy's like, you're not getting on the stage. I'm like, yeah, the fuck, yeah, the hell I am. And I got on the stage because nobody's going to tell me where to go. It's like telling somebody on the Warp Tour, hey, man, you can't get on the stage here because, you know, this is, you know, Weezer's playing or something. We did Weezer once and it was a full, like, police situation, like, like cops would come by and kind of be like, no one's allowed in your dressing room right now. They're walking down the hall. Like, yeah. And then Weezer would, the cops would pass through, Weezer would pass through. And then we were allowed that. And like, so we, we didn't meet Weezer except their drummer, Josh Reese, who I'm, I'm sure, you know. Oh like, yeah. He's, he, he's awesome. Yeah. 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 He, he plays in every band. And so we hung out with Josh a while and, you know, we've hung out with him for vandals and stuff too. But as far as like hanging out with rivers, there's definitely like, 
police officers between you and him. <laughs> yeah. I remembered when, oh, I, I did a tour in the early 2000s and Josh Reese was playing with that band Perfect Circle. And uh, yeah. that was fun to watch, like every day, was watch him play drums. God, that guy's a monster. He's insane. Maybe the best drummer in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, quite possibly. Oh, totally. It was fun to watch him because it was almost like he was playing a game. Like, I'm going to play this fill, and it's going to start here, and I think I'm going to get to the one. You know what I mean? I just might get there, and I might not. And people would look around at him, like, are you going to make it? And then, bam, right on the one. It was, it was amazing. It was like a lesson every time he played. He didn't play any of the songs twice the same. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. You heard that story with him where he was listening to that Avril Lavigne single, and he went like, I think I played drums on this, and it was that complicated video or a complicated song. It's <laughs> like I think that's me. I was like, it probably is. He, oh, he also had great Guns N' Roses story too. When he played, he was on like the beginnings of that Chinese democracy recording fiasco thing. Oh yeah. And he's telling stories like, you know, yeah, I just show up on a Monday at eight in the morning and hang out, and then Axel might show up at like ten at night. Like he just might show up, but he didn't. And it's like most of the times he didn't, so we just hang out in the studio. Five days a week, you know, and wait for Axel to show up. And I said, that sounds like a pretty cool job. Oh, man. He's got a great... He's in, like, Devo, which is... Oh, yeah. Like, the greatest ever. And, like, he's he's always, like, posting pictures, like, it's Sting's castle because he plays with <laughs> Sting, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, what a crazy life. Yeah. Yeah, and he he started off playing like in like Disneyland's like uh con- like those bands like in Disneyland and stuff, right? Because his dad was like yeah, a, man. was a musical director or something. Like yeah, yeah, cool. Um, man, I I I was gonna play some songs from your new record, but I thought you know I don't need to do that because I've already done that. You know, I did that a couple of weeks ago. So stay rad, right? New band, new album. I mean, yeah, man. And uh, I think it's I, every band says that every band says that they say this, and it's like super cliche. But like I think it's our best record. Well, has I, I love it. So, and people seem to really like it too. So, there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying that because it it it, it really should be. I mean, like you guys have been doing it long enough to know that we're not going to put a half-ass sort of like call it in kind of record. Like that's that's not fair. You know what I mean? So it has to be. It has to be your best album. Always. Totally. Yeah. So you guys are... Are you at the end of your tour? Are you just starting? Like, because you, you must have just started... What The record came out, what, March or February or something like that? Yeah, it came out in March, man. So, yeah, we're kind of on the front end of this. And we're... You know, we've already done, like, a couple U.S. runs. Been to Europe, been to Africa. And now we're about to start another... U- us canada runs so mm-hmm. it's but we we pack them in so. yeah that's awesome i mean it is it is great because it does say something like if you just keep doing it and you do good work people are gonna you know gonna gravitate there's always a conversation with this about like what makes success you know like how how does success um come to bands and that's you know it just does it sometimes it does and Sometimes you have like stronger records and sometimes you have stronger tours. But if you do good work and you're consistent, I think it always means that your people are just going to support you, right? Like Dude, absolutely. Consistency is a good a good one for 
you'll see bands and they kind of go from doing nothing to like being these huge overnight successes and then you know and then just as fast as it happened it can be gone again and i, I think bottle rockets always kind of like the tortoise or whatever like the slow and steady was the race thing but it's just been like growing a little bit at a time and uh yeah i mean so far this this like world tour or whatever we're on has really been like very very successful and awesome and and uh we feel we we feel it we feel you know the years of of consistency paying off people like very loyal and supporting our band and, and again deeply deeply grateful yeah and the thing about you know bands that sort of play to the people that like them the people that like them are pretty much like the band. So, like, they think the same. They have the same ethics. They, uh, you know, like, I, I wouldn't think, like, you know, you think, like, a band Nirvana or, like, even Green Day. Like, when people were, like, stop listening to, like, Nirvana because it was, like, I liked them, I liked them before when they were cool or whatever. And, you know, and, and anything sort of post-Dookie or whatever for Green Day, it's sort of, like, people sort of, like, getting, like, angry at the people that like the band. It, I, maybe I'm. Th- yeah. I might be projecting that because I did. I sort of like. Well, I like you know, the same. There's a band called The Weaker Lands up here, and I like them because like they were my band, and all of a sudden they became this super huge band. And I was like, wait a minute, that's my band, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And and they deserve to be. You know, they deserve they deserve all the success, everything. But it's sort of that's sort of like the fickleness of the of the fan. It's sort of like you know. I liked you when you were cool, you know, whatever. And that's sort of like unfortunate because that's the price of success, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, I can see that, man. Or mega success. I guess there's success because you guys are successful. You know, you tour all over the world and, and, you know, people love your band. But you do it on your own terms. And that's, that's powerful. Fully. And, and for what it's worth, like, you know, we don't lose fans who all of a sudden are like yeah i liked them when they were cool because we're kind of the same as like i one fan once was pissed off we wrote a song about top gun the the movie top gun and and we lost him but like other than that like i'd say most people who ever got into teenage bottle rocket are still into teenage bottle rocket and now there's a few more of them yeah works for me yeah, for sure. You know, and and you know, like I said, the the fans that like your band, they think like you, you know, and that's that's it is sort of a nice rarity because you know, I work for a band up here called Lois and Low and they've been around since the 90s and people love this band so much because it the, it means so much to them. It, it's it sort of takes them to who they were when they were younger and it's fun to watch people that are like my age who were like 20 when the lowest low came out, who are like still fans, you know what I mean? And it is, it is just, and that's because the fans have grown with the band. The grand, the band hasn't disassociated himself with their fans or gone for the big, the big times, you know? And, you know, this was a band that had like the largest selling independent record in the nineties that were actually knocked off the, the pulpit uh, for the, sorry, the podium by bare naked ladies. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and they were on the same label. That was that was the crazy part of it. But 
but I mean, my whole my whole thing here is that like people grow with the band, and it, it, that's sort of what you, happens with you guys, right? Like people, they start they started with you, and they just carried on. Like you said, you've been picking up people here and there along the way, but I mean, yeah, the people have been there are still there with us, and like, and to top it off, a lot of them have kids, and now their kids have like adopted us as a band they like too. So it's it's a weird. It's a weird thing, but it's awesome. There is a thing, yeah. When when you become a parent and you sort of like you have a child, it's tough to go to shows. It's really it is tough to go to shows. But after your 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 kid becomes thirteen or fourteen, you can start going to shows again. So there's like there's that sort of like cooling off period between like the age of zero to like thirteen. But they're there. They're there still. Like you know what I mean. Like I, I have a te- two, almost two teenagers. I have a twelve-year-old and a sixteen-year-old, and I've just started going to shows again. Like <clears throat> because it's, yeah. I can, I can leave my kids. I don't. They feel like nobody's going to take them. They're not going to burn the house down. Like they're pretty self-sufficient. Yeah, man. <laughs> How old's yours? She's ten months old. Wow, it's a baby, baby. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Did you find like a lot of things in like priority wise, like importance, like did, did changed with you? You know, like the band was already had kind of adapted a lifestyle that I think was more conducive to being a dad. We'd already kind of had the like, Hey, let's, let's tour every month, but let's make it shorter so we can be home more. So that was kind of an easy transition. I think more it was like after she was born, I, I finally left Wyoming and I'd been there for most of my life. And that was a little bit of like, you know, I I want easy access to to stuff for my daughter. Like I want her to, to you know, have culture and have like diversity in her life and and things to do and not just to sort of be bored in the middle of nowhere wyoming growing up and Mm -hmm. so that changed a lot like i all of a sudden it was a no-brainer where before i was kind of like yeah wyoming's comfortable why would why would i leave here all of a sudden i had this daughter and i was like you know i i need to go somewhere where there's just more things yeah for my family What, what part of texas I'm I'm in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's a great city. That's a great city. I used to go through there a lot, like in the early two thousands, and and I love Austin too. I like Austin a lot. But is Austin a little bit too granola for you? Is this a bit granola, right? Oh, I mean, it it is, but you know, I I, I really love Austin too. I think it kind of the there's two factors. Like one, my dad is in Arlington, Texas, which is just like thirty. 40 minutes from dallas right and you know it's nice to have grandpa nearby for for olivia mm-hmm. and and the other is like all right if you're in dallas traffic sucks at 7 a.m or 5 p.m but the rest <laughs> of the day it's fine yeah if you're in austin texas traffic just sucks <laughs> like like 24 hours a day all year round like you know and and like I want stuff, I, I want like the city stuff, but but Dallas has a little more like. But I can retreat into my neighborhood, and it's totally quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I remember uh, 
I had a very, we had our van broken into in Dallas and there was a lot of shit stolen. So if you ever see like a hard disk recorder, a couple of guitars, <laughs> underneath it should say like some 41 property of, then uh, get that back because I, I want that back. The, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> we did we went around to like because like there's a lot of pawn shops around here uh i bought a i bought a nice gibson melody maker in uh, um dallas at a pawn shop for like ah. 200 bucks too it's super cheap probably yeah i don't know probably stolen <laughs> previously previously belonged to bowling for soup or something <laughs> yeah, <without. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true that's tr I didn't even look, but I actually, you know, it's funny, I, I had to sell it because I had to go to Europe, and then I ended up buying another Melanie Maker that was, like, the exact age, like, old, old, like from when I bought it. When I bought it, it was, bought, like, it was, like, made in, like, 1991, and then I bought another one that was made in, like, 2014, which is about the same amount of years it took for me to, you know, of age. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love these guitars, man. Yeah. So... Yeah, so Dallas, Dallas is neat. Cause has it changed? Because I remember like the core of the city being kind of like, all right, it's kind of sketchy down here. Like, it must have changed. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of the the punks and the punk scene kind of happens in Deep Ellum, which is a neighborhood like right downtown, and it was kind of sketchy for a bit there. And the scene here kind of died, and then in the last, I'd say, like ten years real turnaround and everyone kind of feels safe and it's just raging again it's awesome that's great I, that's great yeah yeah and it's somewhat i mean it you still a lot you're you're a small plane flight away to like to wherever you guys want to record or whatever you know like it's it's still in the vicinity of sort even though ta texas is like 800 miles wide or something isn't it like <laughs> it's something crazy about oh yeah it's yeah. crazy it's, it's crazy. a crazy big but you know airport's 20 minutes from my house yeah it's it's easy yeah no i like i said before that's that's such a good joyous thing about being in a band now is that you have you know you could almost have like we're about five or six years away from being able to like hey you plug your bass in there i'll plug my guitar in and we'll just sort of jam and it'll be awesome and then we can make a song and record it on something like we're very close i mean like the speed is 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 definitely speeding up when it comes to like communication because when i even started the show like five years ago this was like rocket science like it was like how how is this gonna <laughs> how is this gonna happen and, <laughs> and, and like now it's like even now it's it's revved up you know like so are you like you ever be though so this is but this is the good thing now so you're in a band you could just start like your own texas band yeah you i just, could <laughs> your own local band just to keep yeah keep it going Kind of when I'm not on tour, I'm like not thinking music so much, you know. You can do that. Like I'm a little, yeah, dude. I get, I get so like, okay, for ten days, like music, 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 like punk, 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 awesome, awesome, and then I come home and I'm just like, ah, quiet, dad, mm. babe, you know, like mm. it's it's real opposite. That you know get stationed at, at different times. So theoretically, I, I very easily could start a band here, but but I don't I don't know. There's no need. Then there's I'm no need. Like hang with the baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I mean, I'm I'm really I'm impressed that you can do that because a lot of people I know that are in music, they just they're always in music, and it's tough for them to sort of break away 
from that. And I think that's sort of my shortcoming is like when I was into music, there's nothing that could get in the way. And it really becomes a bit of a, you know, like a narcissistic trip to, to sort of like keep this music alive, you know, but I'm glad that you can say like, you know what, I'm at home. And when I leave for tour, that's where I get into music. I'm going to come back. That's to be able to, you know, put that in different compartments is, I, I don't know. I'm impressed. It's just honestly, it just kind of comes naturally anymore. Like it definitely didn't used to, but like at some point, it's just like it, it's kind of like middle path. Like I, you know, I, I I also teach yoga and like meditation, and like and in those paths, we really see like like balance of extremes and and finding balance somewhere in in the middle and and that's kind of how I balance it out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really like extreme, like music punk guy here. And, and to balance it out, I come home and I'm like quiet family guy. Yoga. That's yeah, that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start getting into that? Um, you know, I, I started getting into meditation probably like, 14, 15 years ago, something like that. Uh -huh. And maybe halfway between now. Uh -huh. And uh, I, uh, you know, I, I still own a couple of yoga studios up in, in Laramie, Wyoming. Like it's, my wife is also a yoga teacher. It's, it's like a, it's a really big part of my life. Uh -huh. I just, uh, you know, it's very, very different than the punk rock part of my life. Totally. And it forces me to be balanced. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, it's neat because you've got like two different, um, two different lives, really. I mean, I know uh, I've had uh, Stevie from the Clowns from, on, from Australia, and he's like, a, he's like a, an investment banker type person. So he like works in business, <laughs> he works in business. But he hates it. Like he's like, he's even said he said on the show like I fucking hate my job, but it pays the bills. You know what I mean? So to be able to balance it like you have with 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 music and with just a life that is not music, it's not that you mean you 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 know you've you've sort of figured it out. That's that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Some days I really feel like I've got it figured out, and then other <laughs> days I'm like I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> well does one take over like do you like do you get on tour and start going you know what guys you, you must med do you meditate every day because that's sort of like i know people that just do it every day yeah i i i try my best mm -hmm. it's a little hard sometimes on tour or sometimes if the baby's up early but i i do my best yeah yeah i want to look into that myself because it's like you know, there's, I don't have, I don't have like inner rage, so to speak, but, and I don't know if meditation is supposed to, does it curb inner rage? Does it curb like one's, it obviously helps mental health, you know, that's it for sure. You know, it's, it, for me, it's more about like not connecting to like the rage. It's, it's more about like, 
you create a gap between a thought and an action. And so, yeah, like an angry thought comes up and instead of like attaching to it and being angry, you, you notice that it came up and then you decide to not partake. That's, it's funny you'd say that because I just started a new, new job like three years ago. And me three years ago is a different, I'm a different person now. And I'm like, I've only aged three years, but I'm in almost 50. But starting a new job was the, was the best way to, to get rid of old habits and, uh, yeah. you know, start fresh. Because these people that you're working with, they don't know you like the people you worked with before for 10 plus years, you know. So you can kind of start with a, fr- and as long as, you know, and I think I had the, the smarts to realize, like, I'm not going to bring old habits from old work into my new job. That wouldn't make sense. And uh, and I, I think just age sort of helped me with that. But I think the other thing, too, I mean, like just how your life changes and things like how you can cope with, with that. And knowing when people are, because I know when people are trying to bait me into an argument all the time now. Like, I'm getting pretty good at it. And you can, you can fight back with that. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, man. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I, I don't want to take too much more of your time because uh, you got a baby and you got a tour and you got a life. And uh, and I got a big bike ride to, to do tomorrow. I got a ride. I'm doing a 200-kilometer bike ride. Uh, That's insane. In two days. I'm doing... Uh, it's a charity ride for cancer. So I'm... Uh, I gotta That's get incredible, some. Man. Gotta get some sleep. Yeah, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so, but I wish I, you know, it's funny because you guys are coming up, and I'm not going to be in town. So, whenever you come through town again, let me know. It'd be nice to uh, meet you guys because, like I said, I know Darren. I met Ray, and I met you. So it's like I almost know all the guys in your band. Thanks for doing the show, man. Ah, oh, man. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's still even bad. Uh, okay. Have a safe trip, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Have a great bike ride. Congratulations on that. It's, Thanks, man. It's very awesome. So we had to finish it somehow. Somehow the, the internet just went, no more internet for you. So I had to call him on the phone. Thanks, Miguel, for doing the show. Awesome dude. Awesome band. Yeah. So go check them out at the Montebello's Rock Festival. Go check out Stay Rad on Fat Records. Go go check out all that good stuff. So anyways, fun times. Sorry about uh, the episode coming out a little bit late. I had to put out the Brian Doherty episode, the uh, Rest in Peace episode. He's a good dude. And uh, next week I have Uncle Gallows Bound which had, they did about a 25-minute interview. He said, you know what? We got 15 minutes. I went, oh, okay, 15 minutes? Sure, why not? A lot of people can get to know who a band is in uh, in 15 minutes, and we did the uh, interview. But anyways. Anyways, so anyways, have a great week. We'll see you again on another new episode, exciting episode of the Apple Out Podcast. Have a great week. Bye.